I'm Holly Lykhildland, and I was recently a guest on Diego Alvarado's podcast, Hablemos de Proceso. He graciously allowed us to share it on the APQC RSS feed. You can subscribe to Diego's podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. We broke our discussion into two parts. And in the second part, we talk about how benchmarking is critical to long-term process improvement success. Please enjoy this chat with Diego. Um, and also identify potential places where you can improve or adopt new things. We tend to break benchmarking up into kind of two categories. One is performance benchmarking, and that's data-driven, right? So how is our cycle time for our, our one of our processes? Um, is it Where does it compare to our peers, to the industry? Um, and giving you that idea of context for how you're measuring how well you're doing. Um, and also a lot of people can then also use that to kind of set goals, right? So it's the very data-oriented part. Um, the second one is what we call performance benchmarking. And that's looking explicitly at the, kind of the qualitative aspect, right? So what practices do people have? What kind of teams do they have set up? What kind of rules do they put together for accomplishing a certain thing? And that is the idea of like either looking in context to identifying, you know, maybe somebody's doing a couple of different steps in their process differently than you are, and that's potentially getting them better results. Or they're rethinking about how you execute a process or, or if you're wanting to do a business transformation and, and learn what are some cool things other people have done that have helped them succeed? And then kind of taking a look at those practices and seeing, well, how can we apply them internally? That's kind of the big idea behind benchmarking. Okay, great. Um, and I know you covered them briefly, but um, mm -hmm. can you tell us uh, what are some of the benefits of benchmarking? Like um, if I haven't done it before, you know, how, how do I even start or why should I even start, right? So what, what are some of the benefits I can expect from actually conducting a benchmark exercise? And a couple of, like I said, it depends on which way you're focused. Um, performance benchmarking is, is the big benefit. It is It provides you context for your decision making. Um, it helps you understand because as we know, you know, say we have a 90% retention rate for our employees. Well, what does that really mean? Without context to how other people perform or how other organizations do that, we don't really know if that's good or if that's bad. Benchmarking then lets you really understand how how kind of your performance is. is. Um, it also then kind of really helps you then set ideas for what can we actually do and where can we improve. And I think that's the other big thing about benchmarking is not just knowing what your performance is in context, but helps you really pinpoint places where maybe incredibly valuable for you to focus some energy, focus some resources and improve that and kind of a clear objective way rather than kind of that, that gut feeling that, you know, this process is, is broken. We know it's broken. We don't, the cycle time is not as high as we want it to be, but is it really um, in comparative? Um, and it, then is it valuable for you to be able to identify and, and prioritize that improvement based on the data? Um, from the performance one, it can be something such as we want to branch into a new area. We want to try something different. We want to start a new department. Um, mm -hmm. Or and we get a lot of people who look for benchmarking and BPM programs. Um, a lot of organizations are setting up their programs, so they want to know, well, how do other people do this? What mm -hmm. kind of resources do they have? What kind of structures do they have? Um, how do they interact with employees? What's the role of employees in those programs? And so that's a, kind of the benefit of practice benchmarking it kind of helps you not have to start from scratch um, but you can see what other people have done and see how it fits with your culture or your purpose 
and then kind of either adopt it straight off the vet or adapt it so it fits a little bit better with your organization. So it helps you save time, helps you give uh, context for decision making, and really kind of helps you prioritize where you want to focus and why. Awesome. I love that whether you can adopt it or adapt it because um, you do need that flexibility when implementing benchmarks. And, and um, even though you want to compare apples to apples, uh, you do not necessarily want to be tied where um, your culture or your context are not taken into account because that also can have a huge effect on the results of your exercise as well. Um, now, a, lo a question that I get asked a lot of times, uh, and I'm sure you probably have a better answer than the one I've given before, is uh, where, where should I start? Should I start with internal benchmarking or should I start with uh, external benchmarking? So, uh, for example, if I have a, a company that has presence in more than one country, should we compare each other um, between countries or within business units or even within departments? Um, what's, what's like the suggested route? Should we start internally and then focus on externals or should we go ahead and look what's happening outside the window and then look inside how we can make things better? And I think looking in, it is kind of a two part. There's always that, that consultant issue. It depends. Um, <laughs> I would say, especially if you have multi-business units or you're a larger organization, take a quick look internal um, and look at how they're comparing in the same areas. Because that can potentially give you an easy place for, again, that context. So is it really a widespread issue or is it really just one branch that, that is having a performance issue? And then what can they learn from our internal people on doing that? Um, But you, so starting with internal, just to get the scope of what could potentially be a problem, then going to that external benchmarking to kind of then again, put that bigger lens against it. Right. So we can understand what is good look like, um, what could potentially be our goals for if we're going to make an improvement. And then really you should take a quick look internally again, because that's going to tell you how feasible those goals are. So just because top performer could be, you know, like three hours. Well, if we're doing it in 10, that may not be a very feasible goal for us. We may want to look then maybe at the medium performance comparative. Mm -hmm. So that helps you then again, scope what your capabilities are at the time versus what you kind of want to do based on that external benchmarking. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, I know another thing we also get asked sometimes is we, we'll get into a PQC website. Uh, we'll download some benchmarks for a specific department or specific metrics that we want to compare. Um, and then we, we provide those results to the business. Uh, so the business is like, okay, great. This is awesome information. Um, what do I do with it? Right? Like how, how do I move from just having a great asset of information into actually taking this, um, taking decisions based upon this, or even just a simple thing as comparing my own indicators, my own numbers against this. Um, because like I mentioned, you want to make sure you have, apples against apples, right? Um, so I guess, what would you suggest? What are some of the recommendations that you would um, strongly agree that are important for you to consider when doing a benchmarking exercise? Right. As far as kind of, okay, we've done some data and now what do we do with it? Um, yeah. Usually then the first thing I would do is start to scope out the project, um, which means you need to get your stakeholders together, identify who is impacted by this process that we're taking a look at or this program that we're taking a look at. Um, then kind of have a conversation, understand what do we think are the drivers behind this? What is in scope of the project? What is it that we want to fix? Is it a, a specific step? Or are we looking at the end-to-end -end process? Um, and kind of scoping out where it begins, where it ends. What do we want to think about when we're talking about success? So what is our goal? Where do we want to go from here? 
Um, and then how are we going to measure this? What is what what is good going to look like for us um, as far as doing that kind of benchmarking project? And really what that is, is like almost kind of basic project management, right? You want to scope the project, figure out what's involved. Then you need to assign your resources and then you kind of put together then the project plan to walk through kind of the different steps for how you're going to approach this problem solving uh, activity. Um, other things, there's a lot of supplemental resources from I think APQC also that we have that can help people, especially when we're talking functional improvement mm -hmm. projects. Um, so there's additional contextual information people can then use as part of that input into the scoping project. Like we have these things called blueprints for success and they focus specifically on a specific area. So we have them for like accounts payable, logistics, HR planning. And what it does is it takes and looks at the benchmarks it and uses driver's analysis to kind of figure out what is typically what it is that moves the needle for organizations in this. And then some examples as well. And you can use that to kind of help with that scoping as you're kind of gonna go and execute that project. We have a huge um, benchmarking is kind of inner blood. Uh, we have a lot of kind of templates and resources that kind of help walk you through the steps of, of a benchmarking project and kind of what to think about as you're going through each one of those phases. Okay, so definitely do some research on benchmarking and then do your own benchmark as well, because I'm sure there's a lot of best practices there that you guys have come up with that uh, we can follow, kind of like a recipe, right? Right. Awesome. So um, before we wrap up with this second uh, conversation, um, what are some of the services that APQC actually offers? So you, we've talked about um, reaching out to APQC and, and you guys, I know for sure, have like the do-it-yourself benchmarking exercise, um, but also like a more robust, uh, more in-depth exercise. So can you tell us a little bit about the different avenues of services that we can reach out to from APQC? Right. So in addition to kind of the self-service research side of the house that I work on, um, we have two other areas that focus on benchmarking. One of us are benchmarks team. Um, we call them OSB. And, and their whole job is to do benchmarking projects. So one of the there's a couple of tools there that are helpful for people wanting to do that. They can do, go into the benchmarking portal, which is you just pull data for mm -hmm. a specific one. So what's the point in time? But there's much more complex versions where you can also submit your data in a specific area and we, they will return then a report to you that looks at your data in comparison to your peer groups and in general and give you kind of that customized perspective. So if you want to, you know, kind of have that picture of comparative performance, um, that's one group. We also have an advisory services team um, that helps with benchmarking projects as well. So they can do customized benchmark to benchmarking projects. So across a bunch of different areas, including things that we don't cover on our OSB portal. So they will come in through and, and do a project to help with that. Um, they can also help a lot of groups as they kind of scope through their projects, um, as well as kind of help them along um, as far as like planning activities out and coming up with action items and how they want to address a potential gap. Okay. And do you have to be an actual APQC member to have access to these? Or can you specifically reach out uh, for one exercise, for one benchmark uh, process or for research in particular, uh, and then have like, like that specific custom service. Right. The custom services um, typically are, are additional. Um, you, as a member, you get access to all the research. Um, and that's really the main way to access that self-service research. Um, you can purchase specific data points if you want for a, for a benchmarking project that you're working on. Um, and then anything with the, the advisory team tends to be kind of additional. Every member gets four, four advisory hours every year. 
that they can then have a conversation either with the advisory team or the research team to help them on their project work that they're doing. So it's kind of a mixture. Some of the things you'll get as a member, some of them you can buy kind of a la carte. All right. All right. Well, um, that's about it for this second episode. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Just specific data points. If you want for a, for a benchmarking project that you're working on. Um, and then anything with the, the advisory team tends to be kind of additional. Every member gets four, four advisory hours every year that they can then have a conversation either with the advisory team or the research team to help them on their project work that they're doing. So it's kind of a mixture. Some of the things you'll get as a member, some of them you can buy kind of a la carte. All right. All right. Well, um, that's about it for this second episode. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Please subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And please remember to rate and review us. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next time.